one one week ago. Seven nights and days. We began this retreat. So many myriads of experiences. A whole variety of tone and valence and at times seeming so real. And yet uh, now, where did it go? Day one, day two, day three. Because of the nature of language, the grammar of our language, the common worldviews that we're making our way through life, and even the language of the path, we have this journey from suffering to the ending of suffering. Just like that uh, image on the opening evening I, I gave of the cart, which when you look at it, there's nothing really long about it, but those tracks in the sand extending infinitely. When we uh, think about all the work to be done, but when we, as we have been, take refuge in wakefulness, appreciative awareness, what could be called Buddha, Buddha Dhamma, refuge in knowing Dhamma, the way things actually are. We see that the, the actually, rather than going through life, this life is, is presenting itself, isn't it? Right now, the last evening together, manifesting in the heart. At this morning was a, is a memory. It's empty of solidity. Might appear for a, a moment and then dissolve again. This awareness and this kaleidoscope of experience that appears within awareness.
though the moments are so insubstantial. They seem to dissolve without, without a trace. There is the sense in, uh, in, in my heart, uh, you know, uh, a sense of, though I must admit I'm tired, uh, but a, a pleasant Don't have the word uh, joyful sense of uh, that, that, that something really auspicious has happened this week. That we've really done something worthwhile, individually, collectively. It's been a uh, extraordinary privilege and honor for. For us, all of us here on this uh, teaching team, that have the chance to to share the Dharma, to share into the honest, beautiful, honest, and vulnerable, authentic expressions of uh, being with the way things are and all the challenges, breakthroughs and joys. desolate spaces and unexpected rainbows. It's been really an honor and, and, a, and a privilege. And even though the, the, the moments, in a sense, are evanescent, there is something that carries on, these tendencies. There can be unskillful tendencies, sankhara, as we know, as we have been eyeball to eyeball with some of those. Restlessness, not being able to settle, aversion to the restlessness, trying to batter down the restlessness and collapse, deep exhaustion, and being ashamed of the exhaustion. Aversion. All sorts of things that we've uh, noticed, but also there are wholesome tendencies that can be cultivated, that become more natural. And uh, there's the real uh, sense of that that is, it's been happening. This week, we can uh, recollect how we started. The practices of learning to take refuge, go for refuge, always present tense and training the mind, the thinking mind, to remind us to go for refuge, to awareness, mindfulness of the body. What posture am I in? Oh, sitting. Mind might be all over the place, but a sitting moment of connection, 
of body to the ground of listening, the ground of awareness, with the with mind directing our attention, having moments of all of our being, and getting scattered and returned, scattered and returned, having the sense of uh, getting a taste, at least a flavor of, of what it is to be composed. Well, I don't know, <coughs> excuse me, Kitty Sarl, but, um, you know, in the suttas, and after all, it's the word of the Buddha, talking about first jhana, second jhana, third jhana, first jhana, fourth jhana. What are we doing here? Why don't you just pass out cotton candy to everybody? And then I, I think of Ajahn Chah encouraging us not to worry about conferring titles, giving names. He says, do you, do you know when you're a little peaceful? Do you know when you're a little more peaceful? Do you know when you're not peaceful at all? That's important other than having to to find out where we are. To get a sense of being a a little more gathered. To get the feeling, as as, uh, Tanisaro was encouraging us, to practice this, uh, at times, learning to reflect, uh, what am I carrying? Can I relinquish? Can I simplify? Can I, for, for a time, leave aside having to figure out the longings and distress with regard to the world? Not denying it, not saying it doesn't matter, but just to subdue it for a moment. Not now, for the sake of grounding, stabilizing, gathering. We might not know it, but there's been a lot of of, uh, cultivation of of, uh, these good tendencies, of learning even to have moments of all that energy that's normally sprayed out to be turned in. And as we use even the simplicity of a long breath, because we can find a long breath, and a long in-breath, long out-breath, and relaxing and feeling the body and sensing the ground, what is supporting us, and for a moment feeling that solidity, that steadiness, in contrast to the figuring out what might happen, what might happen, what might happen, and the possibilities of tens of hundreds of thousands, (laughs) nervous systems just blowing fuses, Not now. Grounding, grounding, grounding. Then practicing, training, encouraging in little ways of being sensitive to this whole body. Practicing relaxing 
practicing moments of savoring rather than always believing the thought that creates a desert out of this present moment and the good stuff is always over there, desires always making us go to the next thing or aversion telling us that, you know, this is bad news until I get rid of this. But moments of letting those perceptions, holding them more lightly and practicing, savoring with the thought, the possibility that there's a treasure here. All the saints and sages talked about a treasure. That this original brightness, the true nature, that peace, joy, all right here within this body-mind. So even if one has a hint of that, that's wonderful. Rather than in such a hurry, definitely it's how, how, how I was. Our Chinese master said, if someone tells you they've got a shortcut to awakening, go the other way. to be patient with ourselves, to cultivate that too. And there's been a lot of moments, wonderful, you're still here, amazing. (laughs) We're still here. Every time we uh, think about running away, because it's challenging. But little by little, in week, months, years, moments of connecting, moments of connecting, it builds, it deepens. The Buddha, just as the ocean has a gradual shelf, a gradual slope, a gradual inclination, with a sudden drop-off only after a long stretch. In the same way, this dharma and discipline has a gradual training, a gradual performance, a gradual progression with a penetration to awakening only after a long stretch. Or times when uh, the Buddha was emphasizing uh, this point, he would uh, ask someone, well, when you're walking into the mist, tell me, when do you get wet? Just gradually that the, the mist, little by little, penetrates, penetrates, penetrates. We're little by little embracing, suffusing, investigating, being with the body, the mind, the moods, the sensations, the tendencies. 
gradual. But then someone's thinking, <coughs> sorry to keep inter- interrupting Kitty Sorrow, but you know, I mean, I've read lots of stories, uh, and, you know, the Zen stories, and, you know, the master whacks them over the head and boom! And, and, and there it is, you know, or somebody, you know, um, you know, like Ananda, you know, before his head hit the pillow, wham! You know, he was enlightened. So it's, I hate to disagree, but it's sudden. Thank you for that point. <laughs> the principle, the numinous, the, the, the original brightness, yes, is always here and now, always here and now, any moment. It's inviting us. But the, in terms of the phenomenon, the tendencies, the habits that that obstruct us, that have momentum. We, we patiently work with those tendencies. And yes, it's important to remember, very important, it's not a question of getting somewhere, that more and more we're being here and now, and it's not that we get something. We're waking up to what always, already has, is. So that's important. So, but it's also important that the falling away of the veils, of the obscurations, is a patient work. Ajahn Chah talking about this. First, one learns Dharma, but does not yet understand it. Then one understands, but is not yet practiced. One practices but has not seen the truth of dharma. Then one sees dharma, but one's being has not yet become dharma. The sotapanna, the stream-enterer, enters the dharma, sees the dharma, but their being is not yet dharma. Sometimes there will be anger or desire, and they will know them, yet still follow after them, because although the stream-enterer knows and sees dharma, his being is not yet dharma. The mind has not become the dharma. So we may study dharma, understand dharma, practice dharma, see dharma, but to actually be the dharma is something quite difficult. It's a place for each individual to reach a point where there is no falsehood. From hearing the Dharma all the way to seeing it, 
you'll still have suffering and won't be free of unsatisfactory experiences until you are dharma. Until you're dharma, your happiness will still depend on external factors. You lean on them. Lean on pleasure, on reputation, on wealth and material things. You may have all sorts of knowledge, but this knowledge is still tainted by worldliness and cannot release you from suffering. You are still like a bird in a cage. Patiently practicing, first understanding the Dharma. That's important, even on a cognitive level. If we don't get some sense of understanding what the Buddha called right view, we've been emphasizing that a lot. And we're a little bit like that cooking sand, hoping for the tasty meal. Ten out of ten for effort. We're really working day and night, that fire's going. Or polishing that brick. I mean, we're putting the hours in. <laughs> Look at those lazy ones over there. <laughs> My brick, what do you see this thing shine? It's coming. <laughs> Snoring away over there. <laughs> Understanding the Dharma cognitively. The root cause of all suffering, according to the Buddha, is avidja, is ignorance, not seeing clearly. Because of not seeing clearly. The root, the ground of all this distress, all this suffering is, remember as the Buddha has been teaching us, this taking things to be me and mine health, possessions, circumstances, successes. It's not evil, natural, but taking something, leaning on it, then when it follows its nature, changes. It's the loss of balance. Ah, so cognitively, It's very important that when we lean on, take to be me and mine, something, assuming that it it seems more solid just because of the language, it's me, it's mine, it's good. Or conversely, it's it's bad, it's terrible, my life is, look at this, it's, 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 it's catastrophe. And that can be a justification for just harming ourselves. So cognitively, we can understand that to see clearly reveals the nature of things and looking for certainty in that which is not certain causes distress. And so cognitively, we, we can realize that there needs to be letting go. That's important. Holding lightly. Honoring the changing nature. 
this first stabilizing, calming, not only as a pleasant abiding, little by little as we get skill, blameless, it's a gift for each other and this earth so we don't just chew up resources, fighting about things, we learn how to have moments of real simplicity, enjoying the bliss of just breathing, being, relaxing. But also that very composure then can, so it's not just an idea, can really turn to and investigate the way things are. Vipassana, looking into. These two support each other, the calming, the stabilizing, the investigation. practicing. Cognitively realizing that we're not going somewhere else. That's also helpful. If we have this idea we're going to get to Nibbana, get there, that's, that's part of what leads to that brick polishing routine. Or the idea that if we squeeze the calm to be more and more and more and more. I was into that. I I meditated like a snapping turtle. (laughs) Before I had any sense of uh, being sensitive to the whole body, I would uh, just uh, grab onto my nose, the sensations, and get uh, peaceful, and it would get calmer and calmer, and finer, and finer, and, you know, I'd see some lights, and, you know, enlightenment light, I just was waiting for an explosion, (laughs) and then it'd be done. And then I, as I would get calmer, then I would, uh, once I was doing some really intense uh, practice, and then as I would get really calm, then this symphony would start playing in my mind. And then a cadenza would go. And I would think, yes, I'm fine. in the end. But then another cadenza. And another, another thing. And I would, it would keep ta- taunting me that we're... And I was like, this is screaming. And then I, you know, because I think my idea of cessation was, you know, the symphony ends. The sign goes up and flashes. Kitty Sorrow, congratulations. Well done. Bring the trophies out and <laughs> went on and on and on. And uh, that's not called practicing with understanding. <laughs> and at some point, when I was realized that uh, cessation doesn't mean that all the lights turn out, everything stops, and some new set of lights comes on. And just that, just that, that was just looking, I was squeezing, wanting the conditions like the dust dancing, wanting the, the dancing dust to somehow change. Conditions are conditions. As the Buddha says, all conditions are like dreams, illusions. 
bubbles, shadows like dew drops in a lightning flash. Contemplate them thus from the Diamond Sutra. All conditions like that lightning flash. We can't capture it. When we're thus, it flashes and dissolves back into unmoving suchness. Or the bubble, it's there. It's incredible colors, beautiful. We investigate it. The Buddha compares all these experiences are like bubbles. They're there and then pop. Where's those seven days? I mean, where's the core? Then it appears, and then the mind says, yep, there it is, it's real. Pop. And the mind says, no, no, it's not real. It doesn't exist. There it is, it is. It isn't. It is, it isn't. We argue about it. The Buddha says in the Lotus Sutra, this dharma cannot be described. Words fall silent before it. Important as we go home to begin to investigate our words, our thoughts, that so much wanted to be this and that and this and that. It is, it isn't. The words can't capture this dharma that all these moments are like dreams, illusions, bubbles, shadows. Contemplate them thus, thus. So a really useful thing when we go home is in a moment to, to say, this is how it is, in a moment, connecting. Noticing the sounds coming and going. But language will, will, will tell us <laughs> it's terrible. Or it's wonderful, finally I made it. I'm so pleased I've got here. And Ajahn Chah would encourage us. His, one of his main mantras was, my ne. In Thai it means not certain. So when his mind would say, this is wonderful, inside he would whisper, my ne. It's wonderful. It's not to deny the happiness, appreciate it, but contemplating it thus, the is not certain, holds it lightly. We see it shifting, changing. And pain comes, oh, it's terrible. is not certain. Just in a moment to, to be able to take refuge in this is how it is. And noticing whatever opinion we have about the moment, hear that sound come and go. To begin to appreciate words can't capture it. This is the right understanding which will, little by little, lead to dispassion. When we see change, then the idea that we'll just claim something, that little by little, 
fades. And there's the return. You heard a session today about uh, dana, giving. My uh, sense in, in, in being together uh, with you all this, this week, there's been uh, a lot of offering of ourselves into this practice. an appreciation for all the gifts that have uh, made this experience possible. Right back from uh, our mother and father coming together and so that we have this life. We were somehow allowed to live. All the gifts that helped make this center perseverance of all the founders and Dharma teachers and supporters, the background gifts of all the staff here, wonderful support people, the credible gifts of our saints and sages and the teachers, the Buddha, the teachers down through the generations that have allowed these teachings to stay alive that we can contemplate. The Buddha taught that this foundation, the very first paramita that takes us home is giving. And that's really helpful to remember as we go back. That when there's some idea we're going to get something that, that creates distress, that every situation it can be an opportunity. Well, I don't, can't control the outcome, but I can just make whatever I'm doing, may that just be a gift, an offering. Even if we're in a difficult state, and we think, oh, we can even tell ourselves, may my moments of patience with this, despair or since it's not working, or gosh, it's just too difficult, Moments of deepening, patience, understanding. Then may that, the thought, may that help others. Immediately we're back connected to the web. Whatever work we do, whether we're listening to someone else, or even just doing a job that no one else is noticing, it can be just our offering. can make a big difference. Because when we're caught up in the whirlpool of self, this, this distorted, separative consciousness, it's very lonely. I remember when I was, uh, I was quite ill for many years, and there was a few years where when we had moved to 
established monasteries in England, and I was in, we were rebuilding Chithurst House, which was a part of Chithurst Forest Monastery, and I was, had to lie down pretty much for three years, and so I was uh, in my lying down phase uh, up in this attic room with a lot of internal inflammation, internal bleeding. In those days, they thought I had Crohn's disease. It later turned out that I, that I didn't, but that's what they thought at the time. And um, so I used to just have to lie down, be with uh, discomfort. But I had a little tiny window that occasionally I could get up and look, look out the window. And uh, one day I looked, was able to look out the window. It was a winter, wet, cold, misty day in our wooded uh, drive. Walking down the wooded drive, I, I saw this figure carrying a rope, and I just, just knew, oh gosh, this person's going to hang themselves. And uh, it, it, it was someone who had uh, been in prison and had been in, caught up in attempted rape stuff, and was struggling, turned out. But I, I just thought, wow. But the, the, the house was abandoned, and I, I just put on a, a, a thin, thin robe and, and went downstairs. I, I didn't feel good, and just out into the winter to try to follow this person who were ahead. And I, I saw that they, they were turning at the end of the drive, left, and I thought, oh, going to the forest. So I was quite a bit behind. But I thought they had gone into a part of the forest. So I just, as I'm walking, just trying to hold Kuan Yin's name. And then I uh, finally got to, to, to a little opening in the trees where, where there was a, a way into the forest. And, and there this person was, and, and I was right. They had uh, the rope hooked up to a tree and was just getting ready to hang themselves. So I came into the scene, and they were not happy to see me. And uh, I was saying something or other, I, I don't know what, and the, the person you could just see was in this vortex, down. But meanwhile, I'm freezing. And it's cold, it's wet, and I guess my teeth were chattering so hard. And uh, at a certain point, this young man looked at me and just said, Your teeth are chattering. (laughs) He connected. Your teeth are chattering. And he took off his black leather motorcycle jacket and put it around me. He made a gift. He connected. And I hugged him. And the experience was like hugging a, a thousand hot needles. No, but that sense of that, wow, the pain, the pain in the, the system. 
But that, that gift he made, the, when we make a gift, a gesture, we connect to a wider mandala. It snapped him out of it. Out of the whirlpool. Rather than trying to get something, get enlightened, the, the, the foundation secret on this path is making offerings. Offer ourselves. That's why I love the morning bowing. Namo, I return. I return what I think is me and mine. Yes, it's me and mine. It's a way of talking. It's not really ours. As Ajahn Chah would say, the, the body doesn't say, <clears throat> excuse me, can you mind if I age? Returning and feeling the support of the ground, namo konchimpusa, namo, relinquishing, and then touching the head to the ground and resting and feeling that ground of listening. Offer ourselves. Like little gestures. No one even has to know. We can dedicate. It's not an empty thing. And the Buddha, the Buddha said, this is not an empty thing. Even when we dedicate our practice to our, for example, our departed parents, departed loved ones, he said, don't think that that's nothing. The conceptual mind says, oh, I don't know, there's here and there and yesterday and tomorrow. Actually, this is all one mysterious totality. What we do blesses the whole, and how much the more so if we consciously keep returning. This, these gifts offering our practice is, uh, I deeply trust, it's a real blessing not only to in our own life, to our community, our family, our Mother Earth, this, this world. And encourage us to, 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 to go home. And, and then the, the advanced course, the PhD, challenges, but to take it as an opportunity to be creative and keep pondering, how can I irrigate some of what's been useful here into my life. To gather our life into this here and now refuge of awareness. Not to believe those thoughts that go on and on. Oh, I'm easy for you, Kitty Charles, meditation teachers, all you could do, meditate. <laughs> I'm so busy. That's what they would come to Ajahn Chah. I'm so busy, Lumpa. So busy, I don't have to work. I, I don't have. I can't practice. I'm so busy. And he goes, "Huh? So busy? If you're so busy, how come you have time to breathe? Do you have time to breathe? <laughs> but but, well, yeah, yeah, I have time to breathe. Well, if you're so, how come you have time to breathe? 
We're too busy to have a moment to breathe, to ground, to remember it's like this now, to remember this can be a gift. This moment can be just an offering. Or this moment, I can be, when we're so sure it's all going wrong and I can't believe it and, you know, everything they said and, you know, God, it was a nice fairy tale, but God, it's, it's just catastrophe now. Moment of kindness. Welcoming the orphans. Or as our dear, dear, dear friend, Godwin Samamaratana, Samaratana would say, have you hugged your monsters today? really monsters it's a monster that never gets hugged it's a very unhappy (laughs) you hugged your monsters today have a moment of kindness allowing not adding more and remember what the Buddha said Even a finger snap. You are worthy to call yourself my disciple. (laughs) Finger snap. I can solve the unemployment problem right now. We should have meta sweepers. (laughs) And they're noble jobs. It's a noble employment just to be practicing random acts of kindness, being kind, welcoming, blessing the land, the sights, the sounds, the people, the situations with kindness on the streets, in the homes, in the shops, in the countryside. That's a gift. Oh, you're useless if you don't... uh, That that would be wonderful. When the mind tells us, oh, I'm too busy, I'm too busy, just say, well, thank you for that. And just, I know you as a thought that comes and goes. Patience. I was in such a hurry. Big hurry. And we get there first. Had a few insights, but then, uh, you know, in the mind just starting rebelling as I tried my bulldozer method. I started getting sick, diarrhea for six months. You heard about getting bit by the centipede, urinating blood. 
then, then, then meanwhile, I, I just, uh, all I could, uh, just felt really discouraged, distressed. It just seemed impossible. My mind was just full of desire. It was like a lust machine. You know, just only think about the next meal. Then we ate the one meal a day, then I would eat it and vow never ever to eat again because I feel like a beached whale. <laughs> and I wouldn't even remember eating. Just the food would disappear out of my bowl. Just hated, hated myself and felt really heavy. You know, I wanted, I liked standing out, making a difference, and then I would just, once a week, sitting up all night, you know, on the platform. And then, you know, wanting to sit up all night, but just end up nodding. And then in the moments of waking up, I would look up the line, just bald heads. Nodding a bit. Down the line, more bald heads. I'm just another bald head. (laughs) And then inside, you know, with my greatest intention to be, you know, just be, you know, lusting after something, or only thinking about food, or... So it really, it really felt impossible. And I um, asked my uh, abbot at the time, um, my, my, my Western abbot had gone off to England to start the monastery there, and so I had a, uh, another Western abbot, another former Vietnam veteran helicopter pilot, who uh, spoke uh, Thai and Laotian so good. He was, he was incredible. And I said, can you help me go see Ajahn Chah? And I just, I feel so depressed. It seems impossible. So he, he, uh, he would help uh, translate for me. So he, he took me over to see Ajahn Chah. And uh, all the monks in the main monastery were enchanting, but Ajahn Chah had stayed in his hut. The huts were on stilts, and the place under the hut was an open place where his wicker chair sat. He was sitting in his chair where he could receive guests, open air around him, with the living quarter above. And so uh, Ajahn Pabakro, the my senior monk who was helping me, took me and we, we bowed to Ajahn Chah and Ajahn Chah, it was just us, and he just said, Binyang, like, well, what is it? And I said, well, golly, Ajahn Chah, it just seems impossible. I feel like I'm, it just seems so dark, like I'm never going to laugh again. And, you know, all I'm just, think about, you know, food or, Sex, or my mind is just crazy, and and uh, just seems impossible. And he go, hmm. And uh, he started asking me about my life, and so I was telling about my wrestling, and you know, wanting to win and stuff like that. And he. At a certain point, he then said, uh, hmm, you remind me of a, of a baby squirrel. 
So Babagra says, he says you remind him of a baby squirrel. <laughs> and so uh, I said, oh, okay. And he went on. This squirrel saw its mom running up the trees and jumping from branch to branch and doing all this stuff. And this baby said, oh, wow, that's what I'm going to do. And this baby squirrel ran up a tree and leaped and dog. The word in Thai, dog, means fell down. And this, this squirrel fell on the ground, started crying. And, uh, and the mother said, come on, son, you've got to go off to school. Don't worry about it. Come on, off you go. And so, you know, Babakro's whispering in my ear, this squirrel had to go to school. <laughs> okay. So I said, okay. So meanwhile, Ajahn Chah has this squirrel going to first grade, second grade, learning a f- few tricks and dog. He would fall down, start crying. And each time it would fall down and cry, Ajahn Chah, it's like his eyes were going in circles. <laughs> And, and um, mom would send off to school. So he had this, this baby squirrel going to, you know, into high school, on, somewhere around college. I was, I was dying. I started rolling on the floor laughing. And meanwhile, Ajahn Chah is still, still talking and, and had this, this uh, squirrel going for a Ph.D., and, uh, and so, you know, I'm, I'm just dying laughing. Pabakro's still whispering in my ear. And then, you know, and, and uh, I finally sit up and Ajahn Chah just, you know, smiling. And he looked right at me and he said, in one day, that squirrel could do every single thing its mother could do. And I, from the crown of my head, to the soles of my feet. Bliss. Bliss. You can do it. It's your nature to do it. It's our nature. Just keep going to school, keep practicing, keep practicing. So I'm basking in, in that feeling. And Ajahn Chah says something and Papakro says, uh, he also says you remind him of a donkey. <laughs> And I'm thinking, wait a minute, I'm still, no, 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 we it's, it's done now, isn't it? And I thought, oh my God. Now, but this was a clever donkey. Okay, it's looking hopeful. This was a clever donkey who, who heard the music in the forest of the cicadas. And this donkey thought, I'm going to make music. I said, clever. So it did research. It was observing what the cicadas did. What was their diet? Ah, they eat dewdrops. This clever donkey investigated. They eat dewdrops so, with confidence. This donkey in the morning, licked ten, hundreds, thousands of dewdrops, and then prepared to make music. And <laughs> opened his mouth <laughs> and was so disappointed. <laughs> and he stopped. 
Yeah. What did he tell me that for? <laughs> so I blotted it out for like, I think decades until Tanisra told me, Kitty Sorrow, you got to bring that donkey out. Yes, we practice. Yes, we study. But it's not a question of being somewhere else, someone else. We have to listen into this body, this mind. Find our sound. Ajahn Chah, it's all this self-aversion. We want to be somebody else rather than realizing our sound, our awakening flowers out of this this condition, this suchness. Yeah, there's a magical transformation, but it's working with this. And we help each other and take heart that even from that first bow, the first acknowledgement, the first noticing of change, that first stretching beyond the limitation of self to include wider, we begin to come home. And like a spark in a tanker ship with a hold of cotton, as Nisargadatta says, that spark little by little by little burns through all the cotton and reveals the spaciousness, the empty spaciousness that includes everything. So too, we're destined to wake up because it's our nature. May we be patient with ourselves and each other. May we dedicate happily, knowing that we're of one substance, one family, one ground. May we dedicate the blessings of our wonderful work this week for the welfare of all beings, above, below, and all around letting our light shine.
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.